Welcome back to your favorite podcast, De-Influenced. Oh my goodness, it's almost the new year. Are you so excited? I'm so excited to go to New Orleans for the first time. Hook'em horns. Yeah, you've never been to New Orleans, babe. You're going to love it. The music, the live music, the vibes, the food, the beignets. But also the voodoo and the witchcraft. Yikes. I don't know. I never saw that whenever I was there. And really? also there's voodoo and witchcraft everywhere. I know, but it's like culturally built into Louisiana. It's culturally built into Instagram too. And we're on that every day. So, <laughs> um, no, I am pretty naive when it comes to New Orleans. I thought we should take our kids and <laughs> multiple people, good Said parents no? were like, no, you okay, shouldn't. But there's parts of every city that are family friendly. Like there's people that grew up in New Orleans and they're fine. I know, but I think we're staying like not on Bourbon Street, yeah. but like near it. And I, I think we're going to see some stuff. You know, you're talking to the girl that took her baby to a bar and my baby got uh, carded at the door. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not the, the best one to be talking to. I'm like, they're a baby. Like they're not going to be influenced. There was actually... Um, Someone I was talking to recently um, tried to get into like a bar or something like, oh, I think it was a park house in Dallas. Yeah. And she was wearing her baby like on her chest because her baby was like two weeks old. Like literally yeah. she was just trying to get out of the house, like go somewhere where, where, where there weren't a lot of people. And they said no. She was like, I literally could have put a sweatshirt on and like somebody, they wouldn't have noticed because yeah. she was just like breastfeeding, but they wouldn't let like the two week old in. This was the era that Danny was like, we can, we just had Stella she was like, we can integrate Stella into any part of our life. Our lives don't have to change that much. And so we were in Deep Ellum watching a football game. And then every, all of our friends were like, let's go to a bar after. And we were like, yeah, let's <laughs> totally do it. So we roll up with a Duna and the, uh, the, stroller. the guy was like, okay, I need to see IDs. Is there an ID for the baby? But he said in a way it was so condescending. He and was like, not funny. He was like being an a-hole. Well, and, but it was a wake up call. We were like, we should go home. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan was like, okay, babe, let's go. It's time. I was like, anybody got a fake around here? <laughs> anyway, on this podcast, we want to go over 2023 and just kind of recap the biggest cultural moments, personal moments for us, biggest lessons that we've learned, and um, maybe tell like some more like behind the scenes stories yeah. of, of things that happened that maybe we didn't tell in, you know, how, like everything's funny with time, but like while you're going through it, you're like, this is not funny. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. But then you look back and you're like, LOL. Remember that one time? Yeah. So maybe there will be some of those moments. We haven't planned any of them out, but we'll see. Well, it's like a chill episode. We're just going to talk, share <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> like we always do. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, yeah, should we uh, should we get started? Yeah, let's get started. Real fast. Can I ask you one quick question before we get started with this episode? Yeah. Would you ever answer a FaceTime from a stranger? No. I just did that. Really? <laughs> Can I tell you what I saw? I would never answer a FaceTime from you. I hate <laughs> FaceTime. I hate FaceTime. So true. I was getting a FaceTime from, so I have this like app on my phone called, uh, what's it called? RoboKiller? Oh, RoboKiller. It's a great app. It's a great app. And it, um, tell them what it does. So it, it just like tells you whenever it, it, what does it do? Okay. So I downloaded <laughs> it on all of our phones. You know how like nowadays, like spam phone calls are like rampant. So I, you download this app and it basically like connects to your iPhone and your, your, your carrier, like AT&T. And it will auto block all of the spam calls, mm -hmm. but you, it has this feature. I didn't turn this feature on cause I didn't want it to go wild, but it has this feature where if someone makes a spam call to you, it will like actually be like, hello, hello. <laughs> and it's a robot and it will mess with the people that are spam calling you so that wait, they don't call you back. Wait, that's hilarious. We yeah. should do that. Another feature I didn't know. Cause like I don't receive it. I don't call myself, but people have told me that they've, they've called me. <laughs> And I, I'm horrible at saving numbers, which is why this app kind of backfires on me. But it basically is like, hello, who are you? Who are you? And why are you calling Jordan? <laughs> and it will like ask the question and then they have to say, uh, it's Ben. And I, and when it, it, so it screens it for me and I say, oh, it's Ben, I'll answer. 
And so it makes me look like really cool. Like I have this like British assistant. Wait, I want that feature. Yeah, I know you got new phones. I'll I'll reset it up. So whenever someone calls me that is spam, it actually comes up as spam. So I don't answer the phone call, but this FaceTime came up as a phone number. And Uh I was like, if Robo didn't catch it, I'm like, this is a legit FaceTime. Like somebody's trying to FaceTime me. So I answered it. The most random thing I've ever seen in my life. Did you, you didn't know this person? No. Did, were they nude? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. That was where I was going. This is what's so funny. It was a man mowing his, his lawn. Huh? Yeah. Look, what? he's doing it again. Wait, he's calling no me right now. Answer, answer. <gasps> oh my gosh. I just answered it. And I think I waited too long. Let me call him back. <laughs> he's been FaceTiming me. Well, and his lawn. I saw the lawn and everything. Wait, was he like, did he know that he was FaceTiming you? Or it was didn't like look a like. Hello? Huh? I said, who's calling? Oh, I don't know. You were calling me. I'm sorry. Okay. Were you mowing your lawn a couple seconds ago? Am I looking for what? <laughs> it's gotta hang up. Poor no. guy. Why didn't you keep it going? Poor guy. He doesn't know that he's FaceTiming me. Was he an older man? Do you look like a big sweet I baby? I didn't see his face. Oh. I just saw him like mowing his lawn. So funny. Yeah. What, what did you just see a second ago? He had it covered up with his finger. <laughs> he oh probably just God. saw me. He had it covered up because, you know, like whenever they cover up the carrots, like pink. Yeah, that's such an interesting butt dial. Yeah. What a kind little fella. He's like, he's like, no, you're face down with me. I'm like, no, you're face down with me. He goes, what? <laughs> what? What are you calling? <laughs> Anyways. That's a funny story. I want to get into 2023 recap. This, this was quite the year. I would give this year on scale... I'm a pretty positive gal, so really very little goes below five for me. Um, so I would have to give this year like a seven, wow. which I'm a, I'm always like, I'm an eight, nine, ten girl, you yeah. know, like I don't really go below, right. but like I would say it's a seven for me. Yeah. What would you give this year? Don't be so negative. Like you, I know. Jordan would go quick to a four. He's quick to a four. I'm like, babe, you're being so dramatic. Like everybody's healthy. We're all good. He's like, this year was it. She asked me this question earlier and I said three and she was like, it is criminal that you said below it's five. It's not even okay. Yeah. So I'll say five. You have a lot to be thankful for. Wink, wink. I feel like it was a three. You're being so dramatic. Like what's really going to be hard for you is when you do have a three year, you know, Babe, this was the three year. This was such a hard year. No, but everyone is healthy. I know. We still have our house. You got two shoes on your feet. You got a wife who loves you. You got two babies that love you to, to death. So, I mean, this is definitely above five for you. Yeah. Okay. I think five. you can only go below five whenever like those things happen. Okay, fair. It's a five. Yeah. Let's really put life into perspective here. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> but guess what? I'm still standing, baby. Yeah, you are on your two new brand new shoes. Yeah. That should make us so thankful that sends us from a six to a seven. Okay. 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 (laughs) I love your positivity. That's why we're married. So culturally, I want to talk about the biggest moments culturally this year. What was your biggest, like you think of 2023, what's coming to mind? Mm. Tornado at SI Swim Week. Give me something better than that. (laughs) Culturally, like really. Okay. I mean, honestly, I feel like this person just consumed our home so much throughout 2023. I have to say the Taylor Swift Eras tour. Okay. I I know it's like the most basic, you know, mom blog type of thing to say, but like that woman just took the year by storm. No, I want to talk about this because Taylor Swift was the you know, times person of the year. And there's a reason for that. And whether you hate her or love her, you got to admit this chick knows what she's doing. The Eras tour grossed over a billion dollars. It is the first tour ever to do so. It has beat out Elton John, 
who grossed $939 million after 328 shows. That is five times the amount of shows that Taylor Swift has had to do to gross over a billion dollars. I mean, this girl is just breaking records left and right. Like you can't, you know, you hate her, love her, it doesn't matter. She's killing it. Then she released her era's tour on movie. The opening weekend made 92 million. Opening weekend. It's opening crazy. weekend. Like that's okay. more than like a blockbuster film. No, exactly. And this was a tour that people had probably already seen and yeah. then went and watched again. I will be honest, I had seen the concert so many times I never went and saw it in theaters. I'm just like, I don't really I'm not one of those girls that wants to go watch a music like a like a concert on video. Like yeah. that's just so weird to me. I will, I will say that like when I am feeling down and depressed, I sometimes will watch Taylor Swift performing on stage for some reason. It just gets my serotonin going. Yeah. Um, so maybe if I was like down for the days, down in the dumps, I'd go watch it. Or if they had some more like behind the scenes footage that I'm not seeing, like I would probably go watch it. The other interesting thing is, I mean, this was the year of the female, like every year is. Yeah. You have Beyonce's tour who in 56 shows grossed 592 million. So she's also on that same track of just basically killing it in their own ways. It's so crazy because, so they're both kind of equal in terms of how much they're grossing. I think Taylor Swift might be doing a little bit more, but she's a little bit more ahead. Like she started her tour in America and right. now Taylor Swift is still touring like overseas. She's adding on more shows. And I think Beyonce swapped it. So you really aren't getting like a true read until like everyone's totally done touring. Yeah. But hey, like we're not trying to pit these women against each other. No, no, no. Do you, are they competitive? In no, just like apparently. Pop culture? So this was interesting. Taylor Swift showed up to Beyonce's premiere, her movie, when she came out with her um, concert on yeah. in theaters, Taylor Swift showed up. Do you think that was just to make herself look like the nice girl though? Um, no, I, I genuinely, I genuinely think that these women, I do not think they're friends. I don't think they're texting. I don't think that they're like best friends, but I think they genuinely like respect each other and support each other from afar. I really do. That's cool. And, and I think, Lena, if you talk about Taylor Swift and, and Kim Kardashian, no, I think it's different there. It, it is funny. And I, I don't know, maybe this is just like my algorithm, but like I, I couldn't escape the Taylor Swift era's tour. It was like all over my feed. Still. Everyone was talking about it. And I like Beyonce, not so much. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also just the demo. Yeah. Like that's Taylor's my girl. I've been raised on some T-Swift. Yeah. Uh, she's been my demo for like, I'm her girl. Like I'm yeah, the you're right. Cause like woman. Beyonce was like nineties. Like well, she maybe started for in the me, 90s. but like, I've never been like a huge Beyonce fan, like lover, respect her. She's gorgeous. She's so talented, but she hasn't been like my role model in the way that Taylor Swift has. I wouldn't say Taylor Swift is my role model now. Yeah. She's definitely not my role model. But like when I was in high school, I looked to Taylor Swift for like my advice or my comfort or my, you know. That makes sense. Just Beyonce was never my girl, but she's other people's girls. A lot of other people's girls, you yeah. know. And, um, and I do love her. I have to say, I do love, I love both of them. Um, another big moment this year that kind of relates is, and this will put things into perspective, Barbie came out this year, which was like, you know, also kind of one of those movies that was, that was polarizing. Some people hated it because it was so, you know, had agendas, pushing politics, pushing some type of agenda. I feel like I went into it and had more of an open mind and I was like just there for the giggles and the laughs and see Ryan Gosling with a spray tan, you know? Like yeah. it really, I didn't take it as serious as some people, like it's just for fun, you know? Anyway, regardless, it did 1.4 billion and it was, I mean, I think the first movie ever directed by a female to to gross that much. You know what, I love it. You gotta love to see it. Yeah, it's, it's insane and so, you have lots of females killing it, killing it this year. You have Rihanna who announced her pregnancy during the Super Bowl. Gosh. Jordan shed a tear. It was it was powerful for me. It was me. a powerful moment. It was really I I'm I'm not a big Riri guy, but I was like after I was like that girl's a baddie. I'm I'm all about it. I yeah. love her. You have um, Kim K coming out with the nipple bra, selling out her nipple bra, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, really cool for women that have have had breast cancer. You know makes them maybe like, you know, makes you feel normal. I never Has thought the, about that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have had mastectomies that were uh -huh. buying the bra, um, normalizing the nipple, really big for that agenda, for that movement. I'm happy for them. 
What are you? What are your thoughts on nipples? Did we talk about this already? We talked about it already. I just can you just recap your thoughts for 2023's nipples? Um, I I was like I I I think I basically what I said was I was very turned on by your nipples, but I would be a Real little bit uncomfortable you going out just nipping like a, all out and about at the grocery store. It's like seeing a boner. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, maybe you tell me. <laughs> no, I don't. I definitely don't get turned on by a boner. Yeah. But if I saw that you had one, I wouldn't be like necessarily turned on. But I'd be like, oh, he's in the mood. Yeah, he's in the mood. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would be such an interesting question if like girls like went out and were like looking for boners. <laughs> There's no way that's a thing, right? No, but there there have been times where I've seen that someone has had one that have has made me feel very uncomfortable so i'm not looking for it but it's there really yeah like back in like college or high school or something oh my gosh yeah that's like i mean that's tough yeah that's tough for the guy for to, to recover but they can't they do like a little tucky situation i don't know how that works we don't have to get into oh the, the band tuck semantics of it the band tuck. yeah 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 you just kind of flip it up yep just, hide it there. just like a little <laughs> gymnastics gal doing the splits over there. So those were the moments culturally, the big moments culturally. But I want to know from you, what were the big moments personally in 2023? Mm. Personally, what do you think about? Mm. I mean, this is this is so like, what if I give you some sweet and sour ones? Okay. Yeah, so they don't have to be all good. I would say the sweet ones are Stratton walking. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, we, I was never as concerned as you were, but like you were pretty distraught about just his development. Just like kind of Well, he worried. started walking at 19 months. He's, he's 20 months now. And he says like maybe one or two words. Now you have to like, I know it, I get it. Like every baby develops on their own timeline. Mm -hmm. It's like up to them. Like don't compare yourself, but like it's still hard not to do. And when you have a daughter that is running at 10 months and like has 20 words under her belt by 12 months, it's very challenging to not think that there is something wrong. Yeah. And so I think when he started walking and just standing up in his like cute little baby giraffe way, like that was he meaningful. Still is like a and now he's, he's like, all over the place yeah. and like it's not super sturdy and stable but like yeah. enough to like get around and he'll just like fall down and pick himself back up he's just so happy and so that that was like a really cool moment for 2023 yeah um i also you know highly endorse this but like taking your kids on like one-on-one -on -one trips yep um so danny went to a bachelorette party in san diego and stella and i tagged along and I took her to the San Diego Zoo. We went to the San Diego Safari. It was like, we, we stayed at this really cool hotel at, on Coronado and it was like the best trip I've ever had. So highly endorse that. I wanna do that with our kids like for the rest of our lives. I think the trip where I took Stella to Disney was probably one of my favorite moments of 2023 as well. And the, I think the reason why is when you do a one-on-one -on -one trip with your son or daughter, obviously you're getting so much one-on-one -on -one time. Like yeah. it's just like, you have nobody else to hang out with except for the other person. So that helps a lot. But also on the flip side, you it's so much easier to navigate and to, to get from one place to the next. So typically when you're like wrangling your whole family to dinner or to the pool or to the park or to Disney or wait in line to like, it takes so freaking long. It's like exhausting and like everyone, but when it's just one-on-one, -on -one, it's so much more efficient. So like Disney was actually amazing just going us to, I saw all these other families that, you know, they travel in this pack and it takes them like an hour to get to the bathroom. Me and Stella, I just pick her up. Yep. We're good. We're waiting in line. We can sneak in because there's just two of us and that's a perfect even number to get in on the, on the extra two seats available. So I really, I really liked our time at Disney. Like I, I think a one-on-one -on -one trip to Disney was great. Something else I really love that I did in 2020, 2023 that I've always wanted to do and thought maybe I would do it when I'm like 40 or 50 was skydiving. Oh my God. Yeah, we have very different opinions on this. One. I had, it was the, it was probably my favorite thing in, or experience I've ever done, even above like hiking. Or, yeah. It's hike. so funny. That's like on my sour list. Like I, those were my two sweet and skydiving was my sour. It was the best, coolest feeling I've ever had in my life. You would go right now. One million. I wish I could go right now. 
Like I'd pay somebody a thousand dollars to make me go skydiving right now. <laughs> Honestly, I need it. I think I sometimes I think that I when I'm just feeling down in life, I think I'm gonna need that like pick pick me up. Yeah, just to make sure that you understand that we're so small. The world is so big. So big. And the world's so big. The clouds. I was flying through the clouds. I was laying through the clouds. I'm telling you. <laughs> they took me through the clouds. I was directing the whole thing, the whole parachute. <laughs> I'm literally flying in the clouds. I couldn't even see my hands because I was you in the clouds. You know what's so funny is that we took uh, the cordals uh-huh. skydiving and, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they live in Alabama, so maybe that's why. And, you know, they, they comment sometimes. We really haven't talked since then. No, I talk to her often. Oh, you talk to her often? We text. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just me and uh, Hunter. But uh, <laughs> it's so funny because it's we'll like. We'll have a lifelong bond. That was the first time we ever met them. And it was like, okay, cool. I'll see you later. <laughs> that's going to be like the coolest experience ever. Bye. No, we did like a fun yeah. collab. We had them on the podcast. Um, I love them. I follow Devin every day. Honestly, she's like on my top. Yeah. She's my top five. Hunter's big into dirt bikes. Yeah. He introduced me to a whole new sunglasses. Hit vipers. Sunglasses class. Landon getting engaged. Big. The miracle from God himself. We never thought it would happen. We tried though. We tried to, we tried to force the timing before. I tried. We ran I, three, three seasons of the matchmaker for this guy. And this you just, so true. you can't put a square peg in a round hole. It's, well, you can't, you can't force love. You know, you can't force it. And you know what? Like God, God's timing, baby, not Danny's timing. Yeah. She tried. She tried to push it along. And God said, mm, I got the perfect girl in mind for Lana. You just wait, baby girl. It's really all about me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing is I really have never seen him like this oh, ever before. Ever. And that's why it feels very divine. And maybe this is like comforting for you know anyone single out there. But it was like he was so just not ready. I mean, we we kept forcing and we were like, man, this girl's not yeah. going to make it till Thanksgiving. And when but, he met Olivia, I don't think he, he was had just met the right girl either, to be honest. No, I know that. But when he was sure, he's sure. And oh, I've, I've never, never seen, I, I've, I've never I'm, seen him sure about anything like that. No, he's the most sure he's ever been. And he's like, yeah, we're going to get married. Yeah. Like, and it's just like matter of fact. Yeah. It's like not even, there were so many girls before where like he had maybe you know, thought about, oh, could we be married? Would we ever get engaged? And it was always coming from a place of so much like, like so unsure. And I was like, dude, you do not, I hope like whoever married, you know, when Jordan was thinking about marrying me, he wasn't going back and forth in his head. I hope it's just like, yeah, I got to marry her because I don't want to lose her. And like, this is the first girl he's ever dated that it's like, literally, I think within like the first month he knew. So it's true what they say, when you know, you know. That was really special when I got that phone call in New York. I was in New York at Bridget's wedding and he called me a month or two months before he told anyone and he was like, do not tell anyone, but I want to reach out to you because I want you to help me with the ring. And I didn't tell anybody. Like I was- You're a vault. I was a vault. But I was, I recorded myself when I got the phone call because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so shook. Like, uh, it's just, and I love her. You know, I love her. She's sweet. I'm like that. I'm like annoying to her probably because she's she has four sisters. Yeah. Okay, I have zero, so she's probably like really sick of like the sisterly love. But like to me, I'm like, come here, like oh, we're gonna do everything together. Oh, like, let's go to Starbucks. Let's go to Target. Let's go to Target. I'm like, you want to match? Let's match in our outfits. <laughs> let's buy the same shoes. And she's probably like, oh. Yeah. But no, I think she likes me. What do you think? No, she likes you. I think so. She's um. I, I fear that she's drinking from a fire hose on this trip down for Christmas because it's like she got exposed to the whole family. I know, I know. And it's it's a lot. Like People. you don't think it's a lot because you're in the family <laughs> and like I am sort of an outsider and I'm like, hey guys, like this is a down. lot. Like if yeah. Olivia and I went and like talked Separately. and had a sidebar conversation, <laughs> she'd be like, all right, these people need to <laughs> and, okay. I, and I'd be like, yeah, but listen, you kind of just get, you get, you learn to get a new gear and you just roll with it. You know, you should probably be that resource for her. That I outlet. Think, I think that she knows that I probably am becoming that. <laughs> it's been like one week since we've hung out, but like she can probably even tell by the vibes. Cause like you and Landon are so, I was telling you this earlier, like you're so Enneagram three, one track minded like if you get an idea you're like okay let's go do it let's go do it and it's like it no no matter what the logistics are it's like let's go figure it out and like she's like well let's like 
you know, let's work on our wedding today. Like <laughs> what's our plan? Yeah. And so, but y'all I, are very much alike in that way. I think it's a really good balancing act though. Yeah. I think, you know what? It'll just keep things interesting. It was funny. I, I did post a reel where I was like, I was like jumping all over them, like loving them. And then I think like one of the most, or the reel was all about how much I love my, who my brother decided to marry. Yeah. And then somebody commented like, me too. Now let's try to keep her. Let's keep it that like, you know, like keep her. Don't let her. Like don't let her get away? Like you're scaring her away. Oh, uh, no, no. I know. No. Like I'm like, no, I'm all no. insecure and stuff. I don't, I don't feel like that at all. Am I coming on too strong? Because, you know, I, I don't really play it cool. I never really played the games, like even with well, dating. Well, I, I think that like there's a lot of. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Lib, but what I would imagine she's feeling is like there's it's not just like, oh, I have to meet his family. It's like, oh, now there's like all of these eyeballs on our relationship, mm. which was kind of always the case. But like, you know, I'm bringing more attention. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't think that you're scaring away. I think it's just a processing moment. Yeah. Because it's like a very unique uh, family slash lifestyle that she's being invited into. And And here's the thing, too, with me is like. If you're feeling a certain type of way around me, I probably won't know unless you tell me what. We fight about this in <laughs> our marriage because like, I think that the expectation is like, hey, like if you don't speak up, like that's on you. Yeah. And like, maybe, but like, I feel, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes it's like sort I'm of always... the responsibility of us to kind of like read the room and like be empathetic what? and be like, hey, maybe she's feeling like this. Like, let me proactively go and say, hey, like, are you? I have done that feeling? with her so many times. No, you have. I you have. have. And I have been doing like been taking that proactivity. But at the same time, I don't want to be annoying. Like right. where I'm always like, are you OK? Well, Liv, what do you want to do? Like, yeah. So at a certain point, like with your mom, who is more like Liv. Yes. I have to be like. Tammy, if you want something, you got to tell me yes. because I'm going to assume that you're always good to go with the flow or you're always happy or content unless you tell me that you want to do something different. And guess what? She wasn't always good. Yeah, but I didn't know because I was <laughs> yeah. like, I thought that, you know, we were always just like, like, that's how if I don't want to do something, I'm going to tell people I don't want to do it. So I assume that everybody else is that way. Listen, I'm not pointing fingers here. I think that there are, there are uh, non-Austins that need to be better about speaking up and like being honest about that, how they feel as mm -hmm. adults. And then I think that the Austins sometimes need to be more empathetic and aware of how people are feeling just based on reading the room. Really? You feel that way? No, not, not, not deeply, deeply, but like, um, and when you say Austins, are you talking about me specifically? <laughs> This is <laughs> this isn't personal. It's, well, just, I, well, it's just genuinely, it's like all about how we were raised. It's like, like okay. you guys were raised in a very um, go-getter, entrepreneurial, you like want it, go if get you it. want it, you go get it type of like mentality and not all of the rest of us were raised like that. Yes, yes. And so it, you guys were really raised well to fend for yourselves, mm -hmm. to uh, speak your mind, to like, not avoid conflict, but like not let small things get to you. And it's just not how I think yeah. a lot of people are wired. A lot of people marinate on those yes. things longer than and we do. And it bothers them. And there's like emotions and like all that stuff. I mean, Wait, I- Wait, emotions? <laughs> Tell me more. I told you, I'm I already kidding. told, I don't think I shared this on the podcast, but like, listen, I told my marriage intensive guy, we, we, we each had three hour sessions. I told him, I said, listen, I would not be the person that I am today if I had not married Danny. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, I, Danny helped me understand um, grit, like determination, like you want something, you can go get it, you can go do it. So all of it is like wonderful stuff. The only shadow side to it is that like- There's emotions. Sometimes there's a lack of awareness of other people's emotions. Yeah, no, I, I own that and <laughs> I own it, but- I have to say, like, going in with this live thing, I have been so aware of it that I have, you don't know the work I'm doing behind the scenes. Yeah, no. And I've called Landon so many times. I'm like, how's Liv doing? Like, is she cool with this? Like, would she be cool with this? Like, I don't want to push put her into something that she doesn't want to be doing. Does she? And, the, and sometimes I read the room. So, like, we were going to all do a, a reel yesterday that, um, like, I was suggested. And me and Landon were like, yeah, let's go do it. Let's do it. And then Liv's like, doo, 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 like, following us. And then I 
like once we got to the house, I didn't even ask her to come. Cause I was like, yeah. let's just go do it. Like, because I could feel that I don't want, I didn't want to make her do something that she didn't want to do. And so I have been reading the room. I don't think that I've made, but I understand how it could eventually what happened. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Happen. We were like talking about like more general things. And then like live was separate. I think you've done great with live. Thank you. I'm saying you've done great with live. Just generally speaking, that's the shadow yes. side of the Austin. Yes. Okay. Well, it's something to think about for 2024. Yeah. Let's all just be more aware of our emotions. Yes. In general, I think we'll all just be really like better off for it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we had some big moments. I wrote down Disney skydiving, Landon engaged. My birthday party was really fun. Um, meeting some of those, like hanging out with Shay Mitchell, Emma Roberts, Nina Dobrev, Post Malone, all of those big kind of cool people that are very inspiring. But yeah, let's talk about our work moments. Um, I have, I mean, I would say like work was really hard. Like, I mean, Divi was great, but like work was really hard for me. That you, It contributes a lot to why I said three. It's just been very hard to grow the team, take care of the team, yep. nurture that many people. It's a crazy hard role to be the CEO. Um, but I would say one of the best work moments was launching our hair vitamin. Ugh, it's just the best. We poured our blood, sweat, and tears into that. Like it was just so. Give me a Nutrafol. Give me another brand. I'm not going to name it because I don't want to be like that, but we're better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would say like a kind of secondary moment to that was when um, we hired someone from they applied we did not poach them but they the kind of head of v head of product development at neutrophil came over and mm -hmm. started working for divi yeah we've had a lot of really cool hires we don't have to name the companies but it's really comforting and and encouraging when you have these really high up people at other super successful companies applying for divi yeah that gave me a lot of confidence this year yeah. um because when we're starting out you know i feel like we're really going out and we're trying to get people to work for divi trying to tell them what the product is all about and then you have all these people and i'm like really they're coming from there and they're coming from there and they yeah. want to leave there and that was that's like the best feeling. No, I mean like Divi has like some of the best researchers, innovators, product development people, talent. marketers, like talent at the company. It's just been a, uh, <laughs> it's been a hard thing just keeping that together. Keeping well, a team together just requires so much leadership and leadership requires so much time and time is what we have the least of. And mm -hmm. so it's just been like identifying that gap and that you know, weakness and then figuring out how to fill it, whether that means like, Hey, like, I don't know if I should be in this like CEO role anymore. Like, yeah. should I hire someone else? And so, yeah, that's just been tough. Yeah, I, I agree. But there's been some really cool, encouraging moments, like getting, um, an all Doris Ulta. That yes. was a huge moment in 2020, 2023, because I can't say 2023. <laughs> um, because we were in Ulta, we were first online, and then we got into the, their Sparked category, which was kind of like their new beauty. And then now we're in basically all doors Ulta, on the shelf, top shelf. People text me, send me pictures. You know who was there the other day? My friend Brianna was there all day. Every single hair vitamin sold out. The shampoo completely sold out. Like scalp serum totally sold out. And like people send me screenshots of that all the time. And that is so cool. It's yeah. so crazy. Uh, I just never thought that such a big retailer would ever notice us like that. And it's just very humbling. And so All Doors Ulta was probably, I mean, top five like work moment ever in my yeah. career. Um, the other biggest moment that I can think of that's kind of Divi related, but not really is getting my own Stanley color. That was cool. And if y'all knew how many years this took. So the funny thing about Stanley is what I, I don't know if a lot of people know, but I was the first like influencer to be posting about Stanley. Yeah, actually using it. It was next to my bed when I had Stella and I took it to the hospital when I had Stella. These were, I was using a Stanley, the 40, the, the quencher that was like, they don't even have this design anymore. It was white with black handle. Anyway, absolutely love the thing. Well, Stanley, I think that what's so cool about them is they noticed that. And even though there's been so many people that have come up and like used Stanley since like celebrities or whatever, they've always like continued to work with me and been like such a great partner. 
And so when we, um, immediately when I started to work with them, you know, we have flown up to Seattle, Seattle multiple times to meet with them. I've always asked for color, you know, and, and I remember the first time it was just like a, no, we don't do colors. We don't do collabs. And then it was like six months later, I'm like, we got to ask it. And they're like, maybe they're like, maybe. And then like a year later, they're like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And then like a year and a half later, they're like, okay, sure but it's gonna take a year to get it into production. So I'm like, it literally took almost three years to get this color. And to me, you know, it's not one of those things that it's about the money or about the, it was just something that I feel like it's such a good example of like, you know, don't give up and like keep asking and keep going after it. Cause you never know, it, the answer might be no now, but it might be yes later. And all, I, all you have to do is ask. And I think it really meant a lot like showing our, um, showing our brand loyalty over time, like yeah. not getting a no and then being like, all right, well, I'm out. Like, let's go say hi to Brewmate over here, which I do love Brewmate. Don't get me wrong. But you know, the 40 ounce quencher is, is like a staple in my life. I use it probably the most, not to say I don't love Brewmate. You right. know, I do love it. They have some cool like um, can holders and stuff. Anyway, um, but like Stanley said no to me. I'm not like, oh, they said no, let's stop using. I'm like, they said no, let's post even more. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out. Let's like get in their face even more. And so, um, so that was like a really cool tangible moment that I was like, Dana, like Dana, Dana, like Dana, like Danny and team, like we did it. And Nikki and Jenny on our team, they were so great negotiating that deal, making it happen. And then coming in, like actually picking out colors, we decided to go with green divine and it's kind of like the divvy green. And it was just, that was great. It was so cool. And then my third biggest moment of this year, which I wouldn't say I ever had a moment of really accepting this or celebrating it. Um, cause I think that when we found out there was a lot going on in life, um, but making the Forbes list a second time in the, in uh, a row, mm-hmm. I forgot what number we were. 16, 17, it, it jumped up. Yeah, it jumped up. I don't, I could yeah. totally, I could be 27. I can't remember, but it was way higher than last year. And then we made the Forbes fashion list, which was also really encouraging because I wouldn't consider myself a fashion girl. I consider myself more of like a clothes girl where I'm like helping people find good deals and good quality on Amazon or just whatever it is. And I feel like the fact that that was acknowledged within the fashion industry was cool because we can be fashionable without looking outrageous or wearing designer brands. Like I'm not wearing like, this is Abercrombie, you know what I mean? But we can be fashionable like in our own worlds. And I feel like this was the first time that like someone in my space was acknowledged for fashion in that capacity from such a cool magazine. so, so that was a really big moment too. See, we had some good moments. Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of you for just saying all three of those things. I think historically, and our team tells us this, like we're so bad at like stopping to smell the roses. Like yeah. we are, it's kind of like, you know, you set a goal, you hit the goal, you move on to the next one. And um, sometimes I think that that can be pretty exhausting if you don't celebrate. And I feel like- This is forcing me to celebrate. Yeah, it's forcing you to celebrate. No, even when and, I was saying it, I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, it's really good. Like, I think it's, I think it's important for, for you to be able to do it. It'll prevent burnout, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, one of the biggest things that has helped me in that way. And I think that in 2024, I want to keep doing this is journaling where I journal those things that have happened. And Are are you journaling every day? I haven't been journaling every day, but like I go through, like, I'm trying, like, it's a goal. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, but I remember I journaled the first day that I, found out about Forbes and I was feeling really depressed that day. And I was like, I remember hearing about Forbes and being like, not that I don't care because of course I'm so appreciative, but I was just so down on myself and feeling so down that I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to appreciate it. Like I just didn't, it felt numb. I felt numb to it. And I remember like that week I went and journaled and like wrote it out and like went and looked at the article and like, I wrote it, I wrote it with my own handwriting and I'm like, Danny, you just made the Forbes list. Like, think about that. Mm-hmm. Like your little girl and your little, like your 12 year old self would be like, what? Like, I'm going to make a Forbes list one day. Like you would never. And I was not able to accept that moment until I wrote it down. It was the weirdest thing. You know, those like gratitude journals, the five minute journal. Yeah, I probably would do wonders with that. <laughs> well, It'd be I, great for me. I've always thought it was a total sham. Like yeah. I, I thought it was like 
you know, people who write down what they're grateful for, but all of the successful people talk about doing that. I think it's important. And, and you know, I, so I got really depressed the past 48 hours. Yeah. Danny had no idea. Was like you saying me. your year was a three. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, tr truly. Maybe yeah. that's why you're happier than I am is because you're able to like show gratitude or have a perspective of gratitude better. But like I was depressed for the past 48 hours and it was like over nothing. Danny was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. Right. And I wonder if so much of it is like I focus on the problems that I have to solve oh. and like what I have to fix. You know what you and I should do? We should start today doing that five minute. We should do it for seven days and see what happens. Five minutes, you write down five things that you're grateful for yes. and like in that day, maybe right before we go to bed. And then we share them with each other right before we go to bed. Try it for seven days and see what happens. Maybe we should do it in the morning. No, we would give it different times. <laughs> well, the, I think the most discouraging, uh, the reason I sometimes get so discouraged is because so much of like my job at Divi is to solve problems. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what it, we it, all think. And it makes me feel purpose, right? So then when things are good, it's almost like an inability to let things be good yep. because I'm like, you're so addicted to the chaos. Yeah. I'm addicted to solving problems because I probably feel like that's like the, the value that I provide to life, life. in the world. hundred percent. And when things are good, you feel it, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Now that we've gone over our biggest work moments, I want to know, what were the crazy stories of 2023? Oh my gosh. Do you have anything just wild that blew your socks off? We almost bought a house from a famous athlete. And here's the thing. I don't know if I told the story about the piano. You got to tell it. No, it's I'm not going to tell the whole story, but please. No, okay. I'm not. Okay. Because this, this professional athlete really wanted to stay private. Yeah. He's very, he, it was a pocket listing. That's how much it shows you that he didn't want to, sell or didn't want people to know anyway he was selling his house and i went in made full offer but then i said i was like here's because this house <laughs> was was like perfect in every way except for it was it had very little character so just think about a kitchen all white cabinets gray countertop okay like for me if i need a kitchen i need some character i need some different hardware maybe i need a fun backsplash so i started adding up all the costs in my head of everything i wanted to change about this house the the structure was there the bones were there but at the end of it we were gonna have to put in like 200 grand to like renovate some of the house put in some of the floors that i wanted take out some of the carpet things like that so that's a lot of money so i'm like i don't really know if this is a great idea i said Let's make an offer on it. This guy had this like grand piano that played itself in the front. I said, let's ask for the piano too. And if he says no on the piano, let's back out of the deal. And if he says yes on the piano, it's meant to be. I do ish like this all the time. This is like how I make some of my biggest decisions in life. Okay. The, real, it's like, <laughs> the realtor on our side was like, Danny, I'll get you a piano. She was like, no, no I want that piano. I want that piano. I and want that. What she liked about it was that it had this like electronic feature where automator. it could play itself. Okay, but also I just want to say I found out later on, I did not even know this, that piano was worth a hundred grand. Oh, I didn't know that. We didn't know that, but I honestly thought, oh, it's probably 20,000 or something. I knew it was going to be expensive, but I did not know that it was like a hundred thousand dollars. But get this. So I find out later on, first of all, they come back first offer, offer. They say, yes, we accept your offer financially, but we will not include the piano. I'm out on the deal. I tell Jordan, I'm like, I'm out. Like this was a sign. This was not meant to be. It's going to be a lot of work to like, you know, put in some of these finishings and these furnishings. And I, you know, it's just a lot of work and we're not like dying to move or anything. And um, so I tell him I'm out of there. I said, no, thank you. We're not going to accept. So later on, I, I find out through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, that this piano, this poor piano, was this guy's grandmother's. Mm. So you know what? It went deeper. It just, and you know what? It wasn't meant to be. And so, anyway, um, that was a big kind of moment in 2023. I don't think we like posted about that one. We haven't looked at houses since. Um, because it was kind of just like a spur of the moment. Like it was a pocket listing, and if you know about pocket listings, you have to hop on them pretty quick. Yeah. And it was it was about to hit the mark. It was, they were about to go live with it on the on the market. But I was like, dude, we, if we want this, we got to do it now. Um. So anyway, one or two other things I want to cover for the year. Do you have any like favorite books or movies that you? Oh, read. I do. Um, 
So there's a, I mean, I plug this all the time. Take Back Your Family by Jefferson Bethke. Such a good book. Like, well, if you have multiple kids, if you um, are like living multi-generational, like like close to your in-laws or close to your parents and like their grandparents now, such a great book for like keeping everyone together, kind of forming your family like as a team Mm -hmm. and thinking about it from like a spiritual sense of like what God's design was for both your family and then your extended family. Love that book. Yep. Jeff, Jeff Bethke. He wants to come resource. on the pod. That'd be cool. Um, my favorite book, obviously from 2023 was Nightingale. It was, it's a historical fiction about two sisters living in France during World War II and dealing with, you know, the Germans coming in and taking over their cities and their families. It was, it sounds like a snooze fest, but it is, oh my gosh, like you will just, that book, I still think about it. Sometimes it still keeps me up at night. Is reading Danny going to come back in 2024? Yeah, it needs, she needs I to. love reading Danny. Yeah, I get. She's very like, she's like a little cat. Like she's docile. <laughs> she's like, tells me about her books. Yeah. She lets me snuggle her. Yeah, like, I love, I love to read. I, I love those phases. Um, I'm like a binge reader. Like I'll binge for two months and then. And like, then go hustle and yeah. then come back to reading. Yeah, Danny. I come, I always know that it's there for me. Um, I actually am still reading. I'm just more in my like self-help book era. So it's not as like. I don't yeah. know. I don't get as into them. I feel like. What and self-help I, book are you reading right now? I'm still finishing. Um, how to win. Friends. How to win friends and influence people. And then I started. Um, uh, we're starting it in my Bible study. What's the book that JD recommended? Oh, um, um, the, the ruthless, ruthless hus- elimination of, of hu- hurry. Hurry. I was going to ruthless elimination of hustle by of Mark. Her. John Mark Comer. Yeah, we're going to start that one. I heard that one. That's probably when reading Danny will come back. It's going to wreck your world. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then this year was the year of like memoirs for me. I read so many great memoirs. Jessica Simpson's was probably my favorite. I think I really, you know, Matthew Perry's, Sean Peck's, um, Britney Spears. I think I really enjoy a memoir because, especially from celebrities, because I think you realize how much of like, Everything just looks shiny from the outside looking in, but then you get inside and it's all a mess and it's like everyone's mess. It's not mm-hmm. just, it's not just you, it's everyone. Right. And to know that these celebrities who are just, you always think, oh my gosh, they're living in these, you know, castles made of gold and mansions and flying around the world. And then you realize, no, it's really not like that. Actually, the more simple life is what they probably miss the most. And those were probably the happiest times of their life. And so I just really like, I feel like every memoir I read um, puts things into perspective. Yeah. So I'm a big memoir girl. Um, And then I want to know, now that we've gone over favorite books and movies, I would like to know what was your biggest or what is the biggest lesson you learned from 2023? Mm. Slash, what are you carrying over to 2024? Ooh, can you go first? This is a tough one. I need to think about it for a second. Yeah. I, I'll talk about a few things. Um, I think that in 2023, we, we practice a lot of healthy boundaries mm-hmm. without being offensive to people. Because I think that boundaries culture can be very annoying as too, where people are like, well, I'm setting boundaries, so I'm not going to answer the phone. And kind of, it can be kind of toxic. It can too. be so toxic. You can become so like self-help oriented that you're actually like hurting everybody around you selfish too selfish and so i think that we set up boundaries in a really healthy way this year where i i gained a lot of peace um it was hard at first saying no to things like we didn't go to the forbes after part or the forbes party this year and it still kind of eats me up a little bit inside but i know that it was the best or i didn't go i I know that it was the best decision for our family and um so setting up boundaries in a healthy kind way was was something that I definitely want to carry over to to 2024 um I would say journaling and getting like a mentor was really healthy for me um I have a mentor that is also not on Instagram so she knows nothing that I do mm-hmm. and if you have like I thought that maybe that was going to hinder me and hurt me but I think that when I'm talking, it just puts things into so much perspective because I have to explain everything from like ground zero to her because she literally doesn't even know what I do. She doesn't know how many followers I have. She doesn't know what trip I was taking. She doesn't know who Tornado is. I have to be like, Tornado is my mom. And this is what happened online. And when I'm talking about this 
these things to a person that's not online, it sounds so stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, I'm sorry. Like I have to always preface and be like, I know this sounds stupid, but this, and she's like, no, it's not stupid. And, but it's so helpful. I would highly recommend everyone get a mentor actually outside of their space. Like mm -hmm. if you're a teacher, get a mentor that's not a teacher. I think that there's, there's different types of mentorship. I'm talking more personally. Now, if you want to like grow in your career as a teacher, get a teacher, like a mentor that's a teacher. But I'm saying personally, in my personal life, it has helped so much. Um, and I see her once a week. Like I, I've committed to meeting up with her once a week. It's been three or four months. And um, just having that person that I know that I can go to that's a third party that I'm not also not paying. Like she's, I know about her life as well. Um, has been really healthy. I just, it's one of those things that it's like not, it's a non-negotiable and I just do it once a week. Um, and then my third thing that I would say is, um, 2024, like, or 2023, I think has been a year of me like doing things instead of just talking about them. Like, don't just talk about, you know, growing in a relationship with God, like write about it or go talk, go like meet with Elizabeth and talk about it. Like, don't just say you're going to be doing things, but actually taking action on things. And I think that when I started getting out of the house and I started meeting with a mentor or I go to therapy or I'm going to church or I'm journaling, I feel like those are the times that I can actually experience God more than just hearing about him. And I think that that's what God really wants for us is to experience him. Like it's not just something that he's not this like voodoo energy flying around. Like he's actually real and he actually does show up. And so I just want 2024 to continue to be a year of action. I think that's why I feel like I'm such an action oriented person. Kind of like you were saying with Landon, like we're in a room, like we don't want to just talk about a real that or an idea. Let's go do it. Like, okay, what's next? I know that can sometimes come to bite us in the butt because then the next day we don't have a plan. But I still want to carry that like that action, that doer's mentality over to 2024. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, mine's like kind of the opposite. Like I feel like I was such an action oriented person. I have been my whole life that like I feel like I always thought that my actions put me in control, like put me in the driver's seat. Yeah. So like anything bad that would happen, I'd be like, oh, that's my fault or this happened or anything good that would happen. I'd be like, oh, I don't need you, God. Like I've got this, you know? Yeah. And I feel like 2023 just kind of like wrecked all of that for me because it was, in so many ways it was like no matter what I did, like I couldn't control so many situations. Because you struggle with control a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I do. It's true. <laughs> it's true. No, I would say that's it. It's like, you know, very simply put like 2023 taught me that like, I'm not in control, which I don't think I've gotten to this level of epiphany yet. But I think the ultimate epiphany of that is like, I'm not in control, but like God is good. God loves me. And like, I don't have to like worry and take care of everything, Yeah, you know? And so it like gives me more peace that I probably haven't experienced like in multiple years, you know? Totally. Um, second thing is like kind of in the same vein, but like, you know, for the past four years of our lives, we, you know, got married in our early, you know, mid to late twenties, you know, those are like been married five years. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I knew I didn't do the math right in my head. May 12, but, 2018. Um, but we got married when we were in like mid to late twenties. And so much when you first get married is like building your life. Like, and we built our life and our careers like really, really fast, I feel like. And that was like a huge focus. And now I feel like in 2024, it's like, um, building things is not really about money anymore. It's like the simplest things, like you were saying from your memoirs, like the simplest things have made me happy. Like yeah. going and taking Stellan Stratton to get a popsicle, which is like $2, you know, yeah. or, you know, family like game night, family game nights or like just the joy of like, you know, Stella wanting me to color with her. And so yeah. the best things in life, like don't really cost that much. And so it's changed my perspective. Okay. Like, well, you know, if, if I'm not growing to build this like empire for us, because that's not going to make me happy. Like what is, you know, the, the actual like calling of work that God has. And yeah. the best conclusion I've come to is like, it's really to just like provide experiences for our kids at this point, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's so true. And even coming from someone, I mean, people know about the range that we made like three years ago from our Forbes article mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, I say this more so just people understand that like each year from that, I actually feel like my contentment 
has gone down a little bit. Yeah. Because I think that you realize so much that like those things don't make you happy. Like I can, I can honestly say that like, you know, going, coming from, it's not like I ever came from like nothing, but but very humble, you know, just normal, like average family income to like where we are now. Like genuinely, I don't think that there is anything that is going to make me happier than going to get ice cream with my kids, going to surprise Stella at school. Um, being there to pick her up. Do, I, I remember the week that I made the Forbes list. I did, I cleaned the whole kitchen. I did all of the dishes. And I remember thinking, I feel so much better about myself as a mom right now than I do make, making yeah. the Forbes list. Like, it's just, it, I wish that I would have known that sooner because I think whenever you're young and you're like, and I'm watching all these celebrities and I'm, you know, looking at all these things, I think it sounds so shiny and exciting from the outside. And it's like, man, I wish I would have just been content then because like those moments are really what matters the most. Yeah. And so I feel bad for people that waste their whole life trying to achieve something that really genuinely doesn't make them happy. I think that if you have people that love you in your life, like that's all you really need. And if you can't find contentment in that, like you, you probably never will. And I think the counter argument that people would kind of roll their eyes at us saying this is like, you know, and I remember I personally would roll my eyes at like the mentors who would be like, Hey son, that's not going to make you happy. And I'd be like, no, I think it is, you know, like (laughs) I, I is you almost have to get there and experience it before you realize it. And that was like, for me, my own stubbornness, like I had to build to this point, you know, and sacrifice as much as I sacrificed to get here to, to then be like, Oh man, yeah. Dang, like this isn't it. You like know? I'm like lonely or I didn't spend, I didn't see my kids for a year or whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever the sacrifices it is. I made like weren't worth it. Right. And so I think it is one of those things you kind of like have to sometimes experience. But, you know, hopefully like I see people at the mall all the time who are just like having a ice cream cone with their kid. And I'm like, you don't know this yet, but like, this, this is, is the best this is it. Life. Like you made it like, this is, this, this is, is it. it. There's, it doesn't, cry. it doesn't go up from here. Like yeah. you, you got it. And uh, like you're sitting on a bench with your son eating ice cream. Like this that's is all you need. All you know, it's a $2 ice cream cone or three cause of inflation, you know, whatever. <laughs> but like, that's all, that's all that matters, you yeah. know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, it puts a lot into perspective. Like when you, you kind of. The last thing I'll say on that that um note is like i went to that intensive where they were asking me about turning points in my life and and growing up and they were like when you think of your childhood like you know what do you and i was like thinking about my relationship with my dad and i was like i just remember my dad was so much fun and they're like really what'd you do with your dad and i'm like i remember the moments my dad would take me to an empty car lot and he put me in the you know car seat and i got to like turn the wheel and drive the car Mm -hmm. i remember him taking me to the park and we would race and he would always let me win, but I always thought that I was faster than my dad. I remember the times he would take me like with the basketball and we'd go shoot hoops yeah. and play. Are you crying? No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> You're crying. No, I'm not. I'm good. I'm good. Keep going. You're crying. No, I just thought about something that it's good. And we would play horse. And like those were so much of the moments that I remember. And those literally cost nothing. We would go out. I remember we'd start snowing and he would go out and get ice and my dad would get like vanilla extract and we'd put vanilla extract on the ice and we'd think it tastes like ice cream. It's the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Or whenever we'd go like throw, you know, smoke bombs at random people, like (laughs) moments like that, or just going to Chick-fil-A. Like, like I just think of my childhood or my relationship with my dad is so much fun because of those moments. Not because my dad was taking me to Louis Vuitton and buying me a backpack. Like, ew. Yeah. You know? I think the reason I like teared up for a second is like the, the epiphany I just had was like, you know, my mom has worked at the same company for 30 years. And like my dad was at the same company Southwest for like 18 years, you know, he's a blue collar guy. And and we've talked about that. And, you know, as I was like building these businesses and it was so hard and I was like, I'm the CEO. It like, there was probably a little bit of pride in me, you know, Mm -hmm. as like a, as like their son to be like, why didn't you guys ever push yourself harder? And like, I think that the, um, the wisdom that I feel like now is like, because they knew, like they knew it didn't matter. Like they they knew knew that that all they really wanted was my dad wanted the flexibility to spend, to be able to pick us up from school at three. And like, it's like probably that's what they prioritized. And like seeing that now, probably for the first time, literally right now on this podcast, it's like, it makes you rethink a lot. 
Yeah, it puts a lot of things in perspective. That was sweet, babe. Sorry. <laughs> He's Sorry. tearing up, y'all. <laughs> well, we're going to leave this podcast with... We got to get out of here. With tears <laughs> and appreciation in our hearts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dreamland Baby Co. They are the official sponsor of today's episode. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter code Danny at checkout to save 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. I love sharing tips and lessons that I've learned as a mother. We're all just trying our best to make our kids' lives and our lives as parents easier and better. Finding Dreamland Baby is one of those tips that I have to share with y'all. Their sleep sack has really been a game changer for both Stella and Stratton. The evenly distributed weighted sleep sack allows for a deeper sleep. It's easy to use with a two-way zipper that allows for fuss-free diaper changes and quality materials that maintain wash over wash. I can't even tell you about how many times these sleep sacks have been in the washer and they still look and feel brand new. That's so true. Stratton sleeps with this cute little blue one on that matches his wallpaper in his room perfectly and it still looks brand new. It's a brand you can trust, and I love the origin of how a mama created the brand out of her own desperation when her six-month-old wouldn't sleep. You may have even heard of Dreamland originally on Shark Tank, where the founder pitched and secured an amazing deal with Shark Lori Greener. 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 <laughs> the brand has been featured in Forbes and also retails at easy-to-shop places like Target and, of course, my absolute favorite, Nordstrom. Head over to Dreamland Baby Co., com and enter code Danny at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. That's dreamlandbabyco.com. This code is for new and existing customers. Whether you are a parent yourself or have a parent in your life, this is the time to take advantage of this incredible offer. Before we end this podcast, I want to announce some of our giveaway winners. Um, we have Lauren Elizabeth and Megan Rosenbaum, who we fulfilled their Christmas wish list up to $500. So we really appreciate you guys. We love that you're listening. We love that you're rating us. We love that you're giving us some positive feedback and reviews. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys in 2024. We love our de-influence community and goodbye.